0: Hello, this is Yusra from newsrondi.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Tuesday, the fifth of April. According to the Union Health Ministry, India registered 795 COVID-19 cases and 58 linked deaths in the last 24 hours. The current total COVID tally stands at over 4 crore 30 lakh, while the debt toll has crossed 5 lakh 21 thousand. The daily Covid positivity rate in the country is at 0.17%, with the active cases being 0.03% of the total infections. The total Covid recovery in the country has crossed 4 crore 24 lakh, with 1,280 recoveries being reported in the last 24 hours. So far, India has administered over 184 crore Covid-19 vaccine doses, of which over 16 lakh 16,17,000 doses were given yesterday as per the Health Ministry data. Meanwhile, in Shanghai, the administration today extended restrictions on transportation as the city witnessed a surge in COVID numbers, with 13,086 asymptomatic COVID cases being recorded yesterday. Globally, COVID-19 has infected 488 million people, claiming the lives of over 6.1 million. Fuel prices were hiked today for the 13th time in the last two weeks, marking an increase in petrol and diesel prices by 80 pesa a litre each. PTI reported. The total increase in rates for petrol and diesel since the revision in the fuel prices on 22nd March stands at Rs 9.20 per litre. The fuel rates have increased across the country, varying from state to state on account of local taxation. The petrol prices in Delhi now cost at Rs 104.61 per litre, whereas the diesel prices have risen from Rs 93.07 to Rs 95.87 per litre. In today's Lok Sabha session, opposition members raised slogans against the rising petrol and diesel prices across the country. PTI had earlier reported that fuel rates in the country have been on freeze since November 4th, 2021, ahead of the Assembly elections. This was despite an increase in the cost of crude oil by $30 a barrel during this period. Listeners, My colleague Hridesh Joshi studied the recent report released by the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, or IPCC, and has written a report on the IPCC pointers that highlight the need to phase out fossil fuel infra and thereby make climate finance available for clean energy. You can read his report on newsrondi.com, titled, Without Immediate Reductions, Limiting Global Warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius Beyond Reach, IPCC. The reason we are able to report on issues of public interest such as this, without any pressure from political parties or corporations, is because we don't depend on them for ads. We rely on the support of our subscribers. So if you are not yet part of our tribe already, then head over to newsroundy.com and click on the subscribe button on the top right-hand corner of the screen and pay to keep news free. The Supreme Court today agreed to hear a plea challenging the Electoral Bond Scheme, which are the laws that enable issuance of electoral bonds, Live Law reported. This matter was raised by advocate Prashant Bhushan before the Chief Justice of India, N.V. Ramana. Bhushan referred to the petition that had been filed by an NGO, the Association for Democratic Reforms, in 2017. That plea had sought to challenge the anonymity in the Electoral Bond Scheme, which was introduced through the Finance Act 2017. A bench led by the then Chief Justice of India, S.A. Bobde, had denied a stay in the scheme in April last year, ahead of assembly elections in five states at the time. Bobde had stated that there were sufficient safeguards in the scheme and that it ensures that all political donations happen through banking channels. On donor anonymity, the Apex Court bench had said that the donor's information could be gathered from records filed before public authorities. Prashant Bhushan on listing the matter for an urgent hearing said, and I quote, This matter has not been listed for more than a year. Every two months, fresh tranche of electoral bonds are issued. It has been reported today morning that a Calcutta-based company has paid 40 crore rupees through electoral bonds to stop the excise rate. This is distorting democracy. In today's Lok Sabha session, Union Foreign Minister S. Jayashankar introduced the Weapons of Mass Destruction Delivery Systems Prohibition of Unlawful Activities Amendment Bill. This bill grants the government the authority to freeze and seize assets of people involved in financing weapons of mass destruction, the Indian Express reported. Meanwhile, members of parliament from the Telangana Rashtra Samiti expressed their agitation against the centre on the issue of paddy procurement. The Hindustan Times had yesterday reported on a dharna organised by several members of the Telangana Rashtra Samiti in order to convince the centre to purchase paddy produced in the state during the Yasangi, that is, the Rabi season. Haryana Chief Minister Manohar Lal Khattar today moved a resolution in the Assembly demanding the central government to not take any actions that would disturb the existing balance between Haryana and Chandigarh, the Indian Express reported. This comes in response to a resolution passed in Punjab Vidhan Sabha last week that at stake claims on Chandigarh, the common capital of Punjab and Haryana. Qatar further emphasised the provision of Section 3 of the Punjab Reorganisation Act 1966, through which the state of Haryana and several other measures came into existence. The political parties in Punjab thereby rejected the Punjab resolution. The Assembly also demanded the Centre to construct the Satlo-Jyamuna link canal in compliance with the Supreme Court order. The resolution read, and I quote, the right of Haryana to share waters of the Ravi and Bias rivers by the construction of the Satluj Yamuna Link Canal were historically, legally, judicially and constitutionally established over time. The August House has unanimously on at least seven occasions passed resolutions urging the early completion of the Satluj Yamuna Link Canal. Unquote. More than a month into Russia's military invasion of Ukraine, Russian strikes reportedly hit the eastern Ukrainian city of Kramatorsk today morning, as per the report of an Associated French Press journalist. According to the journalist's account, one of the strikes hit a school in the centre of the city. It was reported that the strike resulted in a 10 metres wide smouldering crater near the school building, with many of the building's windows being blown away in the attack. Ukrainian Deputy Prime Minister Irina Vereshuk today informed that a team from the International Committee of the Red Cross that had been earlier stopped near Manush has now been released. The team was heading to reach Mariupol for evacuation aid when it was stopped. As per the United Nations Refugee Agency, the number of Ukrainians who have left the country add up to more than 4 million. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky today stated that holding negotiations with Russia is the only way to end the conflict, while acknowledging that the possibility of talks is currently a challenge. On the other hand, one of Kremlin's chief and the current deputy secretary of Russia's Security Council, Dmitry Medvedev, today said that the claims about Russian forces having executed civilians in Bucha was a product of Ukrainian and Western propaganda to discredit Russia. He said, and I quote, These are fakes that have matured in the cynical imagination of Ukrainian propaganda." Recently, scattered bodies were discovered on the streets of Bucha post the withdrawal of Russian forces from the town. And in the aftermath of Russia's attack in Mikliev yesterday, 10 civilians were reportedly killed with 46 people being wounded in the incident. That's all the news we have for you today. Stay safe from the din of disinformation and come back for your daily dose tomorrow.